0: Extra police have also been deployed around Toronto after this hostage situation. Toronto police say as they monitor the ongoing hostage incident at a Texas synagogue, they are increasing patrols around religious sites out of an abundance of caution. That's what it sounded like last weekend on a Canadian TV channel, as news of the synagogue hostage-taking in Texas broke. On Saturday, January 15th, Canada's Minister of Public Safety, Marco Mendicino, first saw the news online, and then he started receiving messages from the leaders of Canada's Jewish community, making sure he knew what was happening in Texas, but also what their concerns were here at home about the safety of Canada's synagogues and schools and Jewish buildings in case of copycat attacks. Mendicino hasn't been in the public safety portfolio very long. He was appointed in November when Justin Trudeau named his new cabinet after the Liberals won the last election. But as the MP for the Eglinton Lawrence Riding of Toronto, a riding with a large Jewish population, Mendicino's been in plenty of synagogues in his time and has been an ally to the Jewish community. Now, in the wake of the latest anti-Semitic attack on Jews, although it ended with the rabbi and hostages coming out safely, Mendicino wants to reassure Canada's Jewish community he's got their backs now, and he's working urgently, and those are his words, to speed up funds for installing security gear to prevent hate crimes, plus pay for safety training for volunteers, and consider maybe extra money for permanent security personnel.
1: We're all relieved collectively that the hostages were ultimately able uh, to get out. Um, but, but it just is a real um, moment for us to redouble our efforts, to remain vigilant, and to continue to do what we need to do as a government to fight anti-Semitism in cooperation with the community, and we will do that.
0: I'm Ellen Besner, and this is what Jewish Canada sounds like for Wednesday, January the 19th, 2022. Welcome to the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. The Canadian government has had a program in place for at least a decade now called the Communities at Risk Security Infrastructure Program, or SIP for short. Religious groups who are targets of hate crimes can apply for money to beef up security at their temples and schools and offices. Ottawa will pay up to half the cost to a maximum of $100,000. $100,000. So most synagogues and Jewish schools in Canada by now have benefited from this money in recent years and have installed these cameras and fences and lighting and panic buttons. Now, the fund isn't only for the Jewish community. In fact, Muslim groups and Asian churches have also received grants lately. But it has to be said that the majority of the projects have gone to help the Jewish community prevent vandalism and graffiti and broken windows, or much worse, active shooters, like what happened in Pittsburgh or recently in Texas. So now that all the hardware is put in place, or it's being upgraded, the Centre for Israel and Jewish Affairs wants Ottawa to change what is eligible under this SIP program. And they want it to cover more safety training for staff and community volunteers. They're also asking for a separate fund to be created, much like one that exists in the United Kingdom. That one's called the Community Security Trust. The British government gives $23 million a year to cover the salaries for a full-time security force of guards, deployed at mainly Jewish schools and about 1,000 community events every year. Coming up, the public safety minister will be here to discuss what he's doing about safety for Canada's Jews right now. But first, here's what's making news elsewhere in Canada. I'm Sigal Samuel in Washington, D.C., and this is what Jewish Canada sounds like. In the Vancouver area, teachers and other frontline workers at Jewish schools and social services agencies will be getting thousands of high-quality N95 masks, thanks to the Jewish Federation and the Jewish National Fund's Vancouver office. Federation bought 2,000 masks from a local company, Eddie's Hangups, to give out to educators and to staff at some Jewish organizations, like at the JCC, to better protect themselves from catching the Omicron variant of COVID. Meanwhile, from JNF's BC office, the director, Michael Sachs, personally went to source a donation of another 1,000 masks from vitacore and delivered the boxes to the Federation's headquarters Monday on Oak Street. Officials say the masks are designed to get people through the peak of the virus. Schools in BC opened for in-person learning 10 days ago. <laughs> Last summer, on the same day as the Liberal government was convening a national emergency summit on anti-Semitism, Ottawa announced it would be spending $8 million this year on SIP grants, and that's $2 million more than it was planning to pay out, but it was increased after the spike in anti-Semitism in May touched off by the hostilities between Israel and Hamas. Marco Mendicino wasn't the public safety minister at the time, but he is now and in charge of those SIP grants. And the minister joins me from Toronto. I want to ask, how did you hear about the, the, the news? And what was your first reaction?
1: Well, I think like many Canadians, uh, I saw the news break online. I got a notification that there was a number of hostages that were being held, um, in in a synagogue in Colleyville, Texas, which was, um, extremely disconcerting. And then, um, uh, the news very, uh, carefully and closely. Um, I also, uh, uh, got uh, a number of calls from community leaders, uh, including our, our friends at CJA who wanted to be sure that uh, I knew and I got uh, pings from, from uh, friends and colleagues uh, as well at uh, friends of Simon Wiesenthal and B'nai B'rith. So there was a lot of outreach. Um, I will say that it is a, a very tragic and harsh reminder of uh, the ongoing incessant attacks of anti-Semitism that the community face, faces uh, around the world. And, and look, uh, they take many different forms um, including here at, at home on Canadian soil. But there is a, a particular shocking of the, of the conscious uh, uh, that we all feel when those attacks occur in a house of worship, in a synagogue, uh, and frankly, anywhere where people go to congregate, to pray, to reflect uh, in peace.
0: You've been in discussions, you personally, but the government as well, even before Texas with Jewish organizations about broadening security, protection, financial help, right, for SIP grants. Um, But how, if at all, is this Texas situation um, making these requests move a little bit to the front of the line?
1: Well, I think to begin, um, certainly... uh, there is a, I think, um, again, an urgency to uh, really be proactive and not to be reactive to the type of uh, risks that the community faces. And that was the genesis for the creation of the Security Infrastructure Program, or what we refer referred to as SIP. And uh, I'm proud to say that um, under our government, that that program has been expanded, both in terms of money, but as well as in terms of the types of um, um, things that it funds, including um, infrastructure with security. But we've also, I think, um, really taken a hard look at having the conversation around uh, providing support uh, for training uh, and for capacity. And that's actually part of my mandate. And the other thing that you mentioned in your question uh, was the anti-Semitism summit uh, of which uh, I participated in. And I think there were a lot of good recommendations that the community put forward um, including uh, continuing to invest in SIP, uh, but also making sure that we proceed with the implementation of uh, the definition of IRA um, uh, anti-semitism sorry the, the ongoing implementation of the IRA definition of anti-semitism uh, as well as uh, funding and supporting our special envoy on anti-semitism uh, Irwin Kotler um, And, you know, that's that's work that we're going to do in conjunction with uh, the SIP grants.
0: Okay, so back to my question. What about moving things to the front of the line in light of Texas, such as um, speeding up uh, the deadlines when SIP grants are approved? Because, for example, on the website, it says it's usually within four months. Uh, Practically, it's between six to eight months.
1: Yeah, without question. And, and you know, I've certainly made it clear, uh, and I think the Prime Minister has made it clear in his mandate that, that the SIP is an important part of the overall strategy towards uh, combating anti-Semitism. So uh, I, I, coming into this file, um, you know, obviously, I bring my background as a federal prosecutor, uh, I bring my experience as a local member of Parliament, uh, where, you know, I've seen uh, those incidents firsthand, and have Uh, interacted with the community and have been there to grieve with the community when those incidents occur. And I think everybody is clear within my department that this is a priority and that we have to deal with these applications uh, on an urgent basis. And we will continue to work closely with the communities to make sure that we get that that support out as quickly as possible.
0: You did mention just before about the expansion of the scope. So can we talk a bit about that
1: Well, I think originally coming in, um, the parameters were were quite defined. And I think what we've done is we've really taken the feedback uh, to heart that we received from the community uh, right across the country, along with many um, caucus colleagues. And so we've shown more flexibility on the type of equipment that we fund, on where within the community we fund it, um, you know, particularly around the structure uh, of, of, of the facility, be it a school or be it a synagogue. Uh, And I think we're now embarking on having a conversation around um, how SIP might be able to address uh, questions around training and additional capacity. Now, I will point out, those are are not easy questions to navigate, um, because uh, as is the case with any government initiative, there is a finite universe of resources. But what what I think the community has seen is that there is a real uh, attention to uh, the input that we are receiving, and that uh, sadly and unfortunately, anti-Semitism is on the rise. And so um, I think as we see incidents, uh, uh, you know, occur with greater uh, frequency and intensity, uh, that there is a corresponding uh, obligation on the part of the government uh, to uh, respond in, in, in equal measure where we can. Like a full-time uh, beyond... guard instead of just once a year at high holidays, you know what I mean? I think that is precisely uh, the conversation that we that I have been asked to have in my mandate and which I plan to have, including tomorrow in the community, uh, in York Centre with my colleague uh, NPR Sachs.
0: And about this British style community trust that's been asked for. What are your thoughts about that? What challenges would you have to get something like that approved for, for Canada?
1: Well, I think we should uh, hear the community out and I think we should look at all models that, that have been used in other jurisdictions where um, there are you know, similar concerns around anti-Semitism and violence.
0: And that's what Jewish Canada sounds like for this episode of the CJN Daily sponsored by Metropia. Integrity, community, quality and customer care. Today's listener shout out goes to Randy Skirka, in Toronto. She is a frequent and passionate commenter on the CJN's Facebook page about our stories, and she's a longtime official with Stand With Us Canada. And we'll end the episode with a sneak peek at our next episode. It is a feature interview with the outgoing president of J Space Canada, Dr. Karen Mock. Mock is a veteran human rights campaigner and an anti racism educator, and after five years leading the Progressive Zionist Organization, Mock is stepping down to make room for younger leaders in the fight against anti-Semitism and anti-Israel hatred. JSpace space Canada is holding a tribute gala for her on Sunday, also to mark its 10th anniversary. What keeps me up at night is, is the fear that with the political upheavals in Israel, that we won't see peace and we won't see an end to the occupation. And and that the dream of two states for two peoples isn't realizable. I'm I'm not giving up, but there are times and I'm a I'm a cockeyed optimist. You cannot be in this work if you're not an optimist and you don't believe in change.